Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to today's episode of the Smart Productive Mom Podcast. I'm your host, Lucretia. If you are new here, hi. And if you are a regular, welcome back. So today we are talking about if work-life balance is a real thing and how the heck do you achieve it? It seems like so many people are trying to find balance, like they're searching for this mystical unicorn of balance. But what really needs to happen is that you need to be trying to create the balance. So whenever you're searching for this elusive work-life balance, you're making them separate as if work isn't a part of your life, which work is usually a big part of our life. So we have to stop separating them. And what we're searching for is life balance and just how to balance all of the pieces of our life so that they can become one and we feel more aligned with the decisions that we're making about how we are spending our time. So first, you you really have to figure out what is causing you to feel like you need better work-life balance in the first place before you can even start creating the balance. And a lot of times this comes from comparing ourselves to other people and trying to to emulate this facade of a life that they have portrayed that we don't even know is true or not. So that's what we're going to be discussing in today's episode about how to create work-life balance which is it a real thing? Should it be work-life balance? Should it just be life balance? We're talking about it all today. Welcome to the Smart Productive Mom podcast, where I give you toe-curling tips and spine-tingling strategies to help you be more productive and present without stressing about housework. My name is Lucretia, and I know what it's like to do laundry with the baby strapped to your chest or use the bathroom while your toddler tells you about their day even though you've been together all day. I'm spilling all the tea on how to take the overwhelm out of motherhood, so let's dive into all the juicy goodness. One of the many reasons I created the Productive Moms Toolkit is because I wanted to simplify how I was managing my home because I felt like that was causing unbalance in my life. And so I wanted to simplify the managing of my home so that I could spend more time with my family and doing more fun things and just living life. So if you aren't aware of the Productive Moms Toolkit, it is an entire digital library of home management resources that will help you just kind of get your life together. It'll help you be more organized. It'll help you be able to focus in on the tasks that you're doing. It'll help you be more productive all without sacrificing time with your family. So if you're interested in that, click the link in the episode summary below and it'll take you right to it. Okay, what does it mean to be balanced? Whenever you feel balanced, you feel like you have a pretty good handle on the day-to-day of your life. You feel like you kind of, you know, you kind of have it together. You know what to expect. You, you're kind of just, you're good, right? You feel like you're juggling all of your responsibilities. So some days, of course, may be better than others, but for the most part, you're handling things pretty well. You feel like you're spending a decent amount of time with your family. You feel like work isn't consuming your life, right? You feel like you're not spending all of your time cleaning. So whenever you have a good balance on things, that's kind of how it feels. It feels like you're more in control of your time, more in control of your life. 
But a few signs your life is out of balance may be that you're just feeling really burnt out. Like you have so much to do, but you're not making progress. And if you can relate to this, let me know. Like you've been doing all of this stuff all throughout the day. You're going nonstop, busy, busy, busy. And then when you go to bed at night, you feel like you just did a bunch of nothing. Like none of it moved you forward anyway. Like it was just all you doing a bunch of stuff, basically. I used to go to bed feeling like that and I despised feeling like that. Doing all of these things all day and I'm exhausted, yet I felt like I didn't really accomplish anything. That is one sign that you may be out of balance. You're overwhelmed. You're getting poor sleep. You have low energy levels. You're short-tempered. All signs of burnout. And then another sign that your life is out of balance may be that Your life just isn't going how you want it to go. Like you expected that you would have graduated college and you'd be living in a nicer house or driving a nicer car or whatever it may be, but you feel like your life just isn't going how you wanted it to go. You thought your marriage would be better or those little things like that. So it's making you feel like you, well, not little things, those are big deals, but (laughs) just things like that, you feel like your life just isn't going how you want it to go and you have little to no control over your time and how you're living your life. Those are a couple of signs that you're life may be out of balance. And so why do people struggle with work-life balance in the first place? Usually it's because there's some aspect or multiple aspects of their life that they're unhappy with. Previously, like I was saying, you know, your marriage may not be as strong as you thought it would be, or you may have not got that college degree that you really thought you would have by now, right? There's just something going on in your life that isn't going the way you thought it would, and that's what's causing you to struggle with feeling like your life is out of balance. Again, this is more than just work-life balance. This is just creating balance in your life in general because work is part of your life, so we're just creating balance. So some people can say home management is work, so that could be considered work. So we're just trying to get all types of balance in your life. Let's go over the seven ways that you can create more balance in your life. Hack number one is to get specific on what balance means to you. Balance can mean different things to different people, and it usually does. And so while you are saying that you want more balance in your life, what does that even mean? What does that even look like? A lot of times people will say that I want to spend less time working or I want to spend more time with my family. But what is less time and more time? Let's get specific on how much do you want to work per week? How many hours do you want to work per week? How much time is the too little amount of time to spend with your family? Like I really want to be spending the evenings with them from five until we go to bed every single day, right? So get specific on what balance means to you. How much time are you going to be spending working? How much time are you going to be spending cleaning? How much time do you want to dedicate to meal planning and cooking these meals that we have to cook pretty much every day, right? So just get very specific on what balance means to you and what that would feel like to you. So that's hack number one. Hack number two is to limit your time wasters. Time wasters are huge. They are really built-in habits. Like we don't even realize that we are doing them most of the time. Some time wasters would be electronics. So that's like your social media, your Netflix, or any type of streaming, your games that you play. Any type of time wasters like that that are taking away time that you could be doing other things. So if you really should be working, but you've been on 
Netflix for the last 45 minutes, right? That's a time waster. You could have been working and now you feel like you're out of balance because you watch Netflix for 45 minutes. Now you need to work and then that cut into the time you were supposed to spend with your family. These time wasters are a huge deal. So electronics are one of them. The second time waster would be being disorganized. And this one is a very subtle time waster that we really don't even realize how much time it is wasting us in the grand scheme of things. So whenever you have too much clutter, you are spending way too much time searching for things, right? If your home is cluttered and disorganized, you're looking in the drawer to find a measuring cup. You can't find a spoon. You can't find a plate that you're looking for. You can't find your oatmeal, right? Like you're just spending all this time looking for things because your house is so full of clutter. Decluttering is one way to eliminate that clutter and get more organized, you can get back those little bits of time that we spend throughout the day looking for things because that does add up. And then another caveat of being disorganized is that you want to make your home work for you. So a lot of the times we're just, you know, doing things in our home that we see on Pinterest or YouTube or wherever, but does that really work for you? So in the last episode, I said that we want to focus on practical over perfection. If it looks great, okay, but if it's not working for you and your family, then it's useless. You want it to be practical. Having the snacks on the top shelf of your pantry may look nice and may go with the flow of how you're trying to organize things, but it may not be practical because now your kids are having to come ask you every three minutes for you to go get a snack down for them, right? So just because it looks great and it goes with your aesthetic of how you want things to look, is it practical? All of the time that you are going to get snacks for your kids, you could have just reorganized your pantry with the snacks are down on the bottom and now they can go grab them themselves. Let's go for practical over perfection. Okay, and then another time waster is lack of prioritization. And so this is basically when you're doing things that aren't a priority right now. Just because something isn't a priority right now doesn't mean that it's not important, that it's not a priority. So your priorities can change over time. You may be in a season of life where getting healthy is the main priority right now, or you may be in a season of life where you know, building up your income from your side hustle is the priority right now. And you're having to put exercising on the back burner. That doesn't mean that exercising and getting healthy isn't a priority for you. It just means that it's not as important as building this income from this side hustle. So hopefully that makes sense. But just because something isn't as important right now doesn't mean that it's not important. We all go through seasons of lives where our priorities shift and change, and that's completely fine. Things are still important. It's just not as important right now. And whenever you have this lack of prioritization, that is usually whenever you're doing all of these things throughout the day, but then you go to bed feeling defeated and overwhelmed and frustrated because you felt like you didn't get anything done. You were just doing doing things instead of doing the right things that go along with your priorities right now. Keep that in mind when you're prioritizing your time. Is what you're doing right now important to you at this moment, at this season of life that you're in? And then the last time waster that I have for you is procrastination. And if you listen to the episode, I can't remember which episode it was. It was a few episodes ago about procrastination. 
I mentioned that procrastinating is more emotional than time management based. Because when we're procrastinating, it's usually because something is boring or something feels overwhelming or there's some type of emotional trigger there for us that's making us not want to do the task. Whenever you're procrastinating, you really have to look at your emotions and the reason why you're procrastinating. If it feels overwhelming, are you able to break it down into baby steps and just do that one baby step that day and then the next day or the day after do another baby step? And even if it seems like it'll take you longer if you break it up than if you were to just go in there and do it all at once. If you've been putting this task off for like three months and have gotten nowhere, it may just be faster for you to just break it up into smaller pieces and do one part of it per day. And you could get done in a month what you weren't able to get done in three months. So keep that in mind as well. Whenever you're breaking up your task and it feels like it may take you a super long time to get it done. Well, if you're procrastinating and not getting anything done, then at least you're making some type of action by breaking it down into smaller steps. All right, so let's go into hack number three for creating more balance in your life. And that is to create routines. Whenever you have these routines, you're kind of just going on autopilot. You're not wasting brain power thinking about everything that needs to get done and not knowing where to start. You feel less overwhelmed. Routines are amazing. And I wanna point out that routines are different than schedules. Schedules are time-based. Routines are task-based. So whenever you're doing your scheduling, you're doing nine o'clock, we're doing this. 9.30, we do this. 10, we do this. But whenever you're doing your routines, it's all focused on the task. I wake up, I brush my teeth, I get in the shower, I get dressed. It doesn't matter what time you do it. If you wake up at eight, you start the morning routine at eight. If you wake up at nine, start the morning routine at nine. But the tasks are usually pretty much the same. It doesn't matter what time they're being done. That's the difference between the routines and the schedules. So you will be able to know exactly what you're going to do before you start. And this will will help you be more proactive so you can plan ahead. The night before, if you know you want to work out, then you can go ahead, sit out your gym clothes, find your water bottle, make sure you know where your keys are if you're leaving, right? Like you can do all of these little things ahead of time that will help you be more proactive. You have to do less in the moment. And then um, another way to be proactive is by meal planning. You'll figure out what you're going to eat for the week. It doesn't matter what day. I don't pick days that I'm going to make the meals. I just know which meals we're going to eat that week. And we shop for those meals. And then whenever the day comes, we're like, okay, do you want to eat this tomorrow? Or do you want to eat this today? Okay, cool. Let's eat that today. Or we're like, eh, I don't really feel like cooking. Let's go out to eat today. And then tomorrow I'll cook that. With meal planning, it can be super simple. I just did an episode about meal planning as well. So you can go check that out. But that's how I meal plan. I keep it super simple. If you aren't going to keep it simple and make it feel overwhelming, then it's going to be less likely that you're going to stay consistent. Let things be easy. It doesn't have to be difficult. Easy is great. It doesn't mean you're doing anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you're lazy. It doesn't mean that you're slacking. Let things be easy. Okay, and then another part of creating routines is to know your energy levels. Don't try to plan a bunch of cleaning and activities in the evening when you're exhausted and you can barely keep your eyes open. Plan for activities and plan most of your high energy level tasks 
like cleaning and all of that stuff in the morning when you have the most energy or if you have the most energy in the morning, right? Don't try to work out in the morning whenever you're like really tired, if that's how you are in the morning. So if you have more energy in the evening, once you've got up and moving, then maybe it's better for you to work out in the evening. So just listen to your body. Don't pay attention to what everyone else is saying. Oh, you need to work out as part of your morning routine. Like, no, you don't. If you like to work out in the evening, that's when you feel like you have high energy levels, then work out in the evening. That's fine if it works for you. So know your energy levels and pay attention to those so you can plan your day accordingly. If you know that your focus is better in the afternoon when your child takes their nap, then plan your high focused activities during that time, right? So if you work from home, then that's when you'll want to plan to get those high focus activities done during nap time. And then later on in the day, you can do like those low level admin activities that don't require much brain power, but still need to get done. Keep your energy levels in mind so you'll know when to schedule your tasks throughout the day. And then another thing for if you work from home is to try to have set work hours. So I work mostly in the morning when my daughter is still asleep. And sometimes I work from the bed if I have stuff to do on my phone, like if I'm outlining a podcast episode or writing emails or anything like that, I can just lay in the bed and do that on my phone. I don't even have to get up, but I work every morning before she wakes up for the day. And so that is my set work hours, even though they're not a specific time. Some days I may wake up at seven. Some days I may wake up at 6.30. Other days I won't wake up till eight, but that's when I start working. Whenever I wake up, that is my work time until whenever my daughter wakes up. Now, sometimes she will wake up at eight. Sometimes she won't wake up till 10. So it doesn't matter what time she wakes up. It just matters that my set work routine is from the time I wake up until the time my daughter wakes up. So the times may vary, but that's when I have my set work hours. And then sometimes later on in the afternoon, I will work again. So whenever she'll go hang out with her dad, they'll go to the park or somewhere to play and then I can work again. Having set work hours or a set work routine during a certain part of your day is very helpful so you can find more balance and you don't feel like you're working all the time and finding little things that you can do on your phone. So, you know, you don't have to like get up and always go to your office and work. If you can find little things to do on your phone that you can do pretty quickly, then I like to do that as well. Have set work hours as part of your routine or have a set work routine during a specific parts of your day is another way that I like to create more balance. Okay, so hack number four to create more balance in your life is to just have more fun. And I think we get so busy in the day-to-day life that we just forget to live and to enjoy our family and to enjoy the time that we have. It's like when people work and then on the weekend they spend their time cleaning, right? Like those tasks can wait, live more. And I think we all just get so caught up in this day-to-day life and thinking of all of this stuff that we need to get done, but we're forgetting about the people in our lives that are important to us, that we haven't seen, that we don't get to spend much time with. And so just have more fun. And I think as well, this is a lot of the cause for like the low energy levels is because we're exhausted thinking about everything that we need to get done instead of just having fun and relaxing more. That's important to me to have more fun. And I feel like that creates a lot of more balance in your life. Um, Just get creative, find fun things to do. It doesn't even have to cost money. Like just go out in the backyard, 
and dig a hole or something with your kids. Like they love dirt, right? Like (laughs) just find fun things to do at the house that won't cost you any money and just experiment. Just be a kid. That's what my husband always says. It's like adults just don't know how to be kids anymore. Just be a kid, play with your kids, have fun, throw out the rule book and just have a good time. That is a good way to create more balance in your life is to just have more fun. All right, number five is to delegate. You do not have to do everything. If everyone makes the mess, everyone can help you clean up the mess. You don't have to do everything all by yourself. Now, I know for some people, if they have an agreement with their spouse or something, if they stay at home, then they manage the home and the spouse works, right? Like do you, whatever works for you. But for us in my household, my husband works from home. I work from home. We both clean the home. We both parent all the time. Like we're both changing diapers. We're both making meals. We are a partnership. That's how our partnership works. And that's what it being partners looks like for us. A lot of the times people don't delegate because they don't really know how to do it. So whenever you're delegating, it can get tricky because you're trying to explain to someone how how to do this task. And most of the times we want the task done the way we want it done. So you have to be very clear on your communication of how to do this task. And so that's why I like to use the 4D technique. And so the 4D technique, the first D is to determine. So determine what task you are going to delegate. That's the first step. Step number two is to delegate. So assign who will do the task and you want to assign a specific person. Don't just be like somebody clean the kitchen, somebody vacuum. You want to assign a specific person for this task to make sure that it gets done because if you just say somebody do it, that basically means nobody does it, right? It was nobody's responsibility. Assign a specific person to do the task. The third D in the 4D technique is to demonstrate. So you want to show them the proper way If you're trying to teach your kid how to clean the countertops properly, you want to show them by cleaning off one countertop, you want to show them to move the stuff off the countertop and what spray to use and what cloth to use. Just show them how to do it and then they can do the rest of the countertops. Even if you show them that one time, then hopefully they'll get it down and they'll be able to do the rest and this won't be like the only time they're doing this task. Usually we're delegating life skills that they'll need to do over and over again for the rest of their lives pretty much. So whenever you're delegating, demonstrate the proper way to do the task until they get it figured out. And then you'll feel more confident asking them to do stuff. And then the fourth D in the 4D technique is to debrief. And this is basically when you're going in after they're done and making sure it got done properly. And if it didn't, you don't want to be upset with them. You just want to do some self introspection and think about how you could have shown them how to do it better or how you could have explained things better, right? So just figure out what in your communication method was the breakdown. So maybe they're not a visual learner and they just want you to tell them how to do it. So maybe that will work better for them. So just kind of figure out a way that you can explain to them the task better. So that's the 4D technique for delegating. So try it out. And as with anything, delegating is a skill. If you don't get it right the first time, just keep trying, keep practicing until you get it because delegating will save you so much time and it'll teach your kids so many important life skills. Definitely try to delegate more. And I know it feels like we are helping our families whenever we're just doing all the cleaning and doing everything for them, but actually not teaching them to do these life skills is hindering them. So definitely try to delegate more often and it'll be great 
great for everyone. Okay, so let's move on to hack number six to create more balance in your life, and that is to improve your relationships. So the first part of this is to remove toxic people. If someone is toxic and bringing down your energy levels, you want to remove that person or just limit your interactions with that person as much as possible because you exude the type of energy that you receive, basically. So if you are being bombarded with negativity, then it's going to be much easier for you to exude negativity because you are happy and now you have someone else putting all their crap on you and then it's bringing you down. So you want to surround yourself with positivity that so that way you can exude those positive vibes, exude that positive energy. And then the next thing you want to do is to set personal boundaries. So with personal boundaries, you want to be very clear on your expectations. You don't want to expect someone to know how to act when it comes to you. Don't expect someone to be on time whenever you invite them to do something. Don't expect them to say certain things or behave a certain way. That's when a lot of us get into trouble is because we're expecting them to know these expectations that we've set and their expectations may be completely different than our expectations. So it's just like being on time. That isn't a priority to everyone. If you say we're gonna have lunch at noon, some people may think that's noon-ish and they're just like, okay, so as long as I'm there sometime around noon, but they don't know that you have other things to do after lunch. So you really needed them to be there at noon and you really appreciate when people are there on time to respect your time. So you need to communicate those things and don't just get upset with someone because you expect them to know it. Be very clear on your expectations of how you want to be treated. The way that I like to set these personal boundaries is by using the if you, I will technique. So basically this says, if you blank, I will blank. So if you keep coming over unannounced, I will not open the door. So if you have someone that comes over unannounced in the middle of the day when you're not even dressed yet and the kids are still a hot mess and you're like, hey, I really need you to call first before you come over and they don't respect that, that you've asked them to call first and they keep coming over, then now it's time to set your personal boundary where you're saying, if you keep coming over unannounced, I will not let you in. And this way you are leaving the ball in their court so they get to decide how they want to proceed with this relationship. They get to decide if they're going to respect your wishes or if they're just going to blow off what you say just to see what happens. If you I will technique only works if you follow through with what you say you're going to do. If you say... If you keep coming over, I'm not going to let you in, but then you keep letting them in. Well, now you've just shown them that you're full of crap and you don't stand behind what you say you're going to do. So now they don't respect what you say because they feel like you don't even respect what you say. So why should they? Follow through with what you say you are going to do. Definitely think about it before you say it. No, don't just say this on a whim and then you're like, oh crap, I really don't want to do that because then you're teaching them to not respect your wishes, to not respect what you say you're going to do. Keep that in mind when you are using this technique. That's how to set up your personal boundaries. If you blank, I will blank and then keep it simple. Let them decide how they want to move forward with the relationship. Okay, and then hack number seven for creating more balance in your life is to make time for yourself. 
I think a lot of us as moms, especially, we just tend to lose our identity and forget about what makes us happy as a person, right? We know that our kids make us happy. Our family makes us happy. Building this home and this life makes us happy. But you as an individual, what makes you happy? What do you enjoy? So make time for yourself to figure out who you are. What do you even enjoy? Spend more time by yourself, spend more time learning about you. And this is also great because it teaches your kids that it's not selfish to prioritize yourself. We don't want our kids growing up thinking that they can't spend any time alone because it's selfish. My mom would never do that. She put everyone before herself. She never spent any time alone. And that's how I have to be. So now they grow up and they're frustrated and burnt out all the time because they are going off of this example that they believe you've set. So right, we are always setting an example for our children. So if you want them to feel like it's okay to spend time alone and do things that makes them happy, you have to show them that it's okay by doing that for yourself and being that example for them to follow. So make time for yourself. It is not selfish. Don't feel guilty about it. You are doing a great thing and setting a great example for your children by making time for you. Okay, so let's wrap up the seven ways to create more balance in your life. So hack number one was to get very specific on what balance means to you. Hack number two is to limit your time wasters. Hack number three is to create routines. Hack number four is to have more fun. Hack number five is to delegate more often. Hack number six is to improve your relationships. And hack number seven is to make more time for yourself. So instead of searching for more balance in your life, figure out why you feel unbalanced in the first place and determine what balance actually looks like for you so then you can create it. So you're not searching for balance, you're creating the balance in your life. You can't create more balance in your life if you're not even sure what the end goal is. So you have to be clear on what balance means to you so that you can create it for your life. And if you're ready to be more organized and simplify your home because you feel like that is a time suck for you and it's taking away valuable time from your family, then grab the Productive Moms Toolkit where I show you how to create different routines when it comes to cleaning and meal planning and budgeting and just those things that take up so much time in our day. I go through all of that and I teach you how to simplify managing your home so you can free up time for things that are more important. So grab the Productive Moms Toolkit so you can start creating more balance in your life and simplifying your home. Okay, I will catch you on next week's episode. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Smart Productive Mom podcast. If you found this information helpful, please consider leaving me a review on iTunes so more moms can find this show. And if you want to connect with me in between episodes, make sure you join the Smart Productive Mom Facebook group. I can't wait to talk to you over there. See you on the next episode.